Hello everyone, welcome to episode three of This League, where we offer an all feelings, no facts brand of basketball analysis. My name is Jake, and this is my emotional co-host, Josh. Yo, what's good, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about um, some conference finals recaps, some Hawks basketball, the NBA finals preview, the NBA draft lottery, and a little bit more. Well, Josh, it's over. <laughs> it's over. Man, what? A, it was a crazy run. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it while it was happening, but that was the greatest playoff run in franchise history. And I'm still disappointed at the end of it. But, you know, that's the nature of the game. But it was just, wow, what a run. Like, I, bro, the Hawks, like, they, ga- they gave us all something to buy into. And that's what I loved about this run so much. Like, I don't know, with Nate McMillan and how just how the team was playing. Like, no matter how much they were down, they just played with so much heart. And, like, I feel like we needed something like that. And, you know. And during a tough time, like the pandemic and everything, I don't know, it just gave us something to look forward to. And like Hawks basketball, it was huge. And it was just a hell of a run. Trey Young made himself known with this run. And guys like Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, John Collins, Anika Kongu, they all like made big contributions that made themselves known too. So it was huge. Like. I'm glad so many people are seeing what I was talking about when I was just saying how great Trey Young is. Because yeah. when I I used to, I used to call Trey Young like a top ten player last year, <laughs> and and that was just off of how well he played in like the regular season aspect. But for him to be able to do this on the biggest stage, he's a superstar for years to come. I feel like he's gonna hold that point guard position down for the next ten years once he secures it. Once Steph declines. I feel like Trey's the next, the next guy that's like at the top. So it, it was just a hell of a run and, you know, sad to see it end, but, you know, just retool, come back stronger next year. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this every episode about how, again, like the Hawks were 14 and 20 and got and a new head coach. coach. Yeah. They had. They had no plans to be in the, the top of the East or near yeah. the top of the East. Trey got yeah. hurt at the end of the year. Hunter goes out during the playoffs. Like this was a very tough run for the Hawks, but hey, they fucking yeah, I made thought it. it was over when I thought it was over when Hunter got hurt. Honestly, I thought we'd lose to Philly. And just for my goal at the start of the season was just to make the playoffs, whether it's first round exit or what, but I thought we'd sneak in as a seventh or eighth seed, but then to go into Madison Square Garden, win in five easily, then to go beat the number one seed without your second best player, and then to go <laughs> win two games in the Eastern Conference Finals, that was the first Eastern Conference Finals win in franchise history. The Hawks are a historically bad franchise. In and my for, opinion. Like, yeah. In my opinion, um, you know, you could argue the Bucks, but I think the Hawks have had the toughest path to get here. And I know the Bucks For took sure. down the Nets, but it's like nobody expected the Hawks to even get past Philly, and nobody expected yeah. the Hawks to even compete with Milwaukee the way they did. Yeah. I mean, outside of, I'm talking outside of Hawks fans, obviously. Like, there were very, 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 very few people who even saw the potential that the Hawks had. Yeah, people can see how good this team was. The team, the Hawks are so deep 
I, I feel like they were the deepest team in the playoffs. And like, of course, having your star player matters, but you know, depth matters too. And the Hawks were just such a well-built team. And I, I feel like Travis Schlenk should have won executive of the year. Of course, that's the Hawks didn't get any love in the uh, NBA awards, but I, I don't know. I feel like he should have been up there. And the Hawks with Nate McMillan, I feel like Nate McMillan should have gotten some coach of the year consideration to turn it around the way he did. And, you know, it, it was just the team just bought into one thing. And that's so important to have a team culture. And I don't know, just to be able to like play as a team the way they did to even win one without Trey. That just showed me how like how special this team can be. Yeah, and but, yeah. you know, the theme of this playoffs is like, oh, injuries. Well, the Hawks battled their own injuries. And there's mm-hmm. they still made it all the way to a game six of the Eastern Conference Finals in a series that they were never out of. Never out yeah. of. That like that whole even during, you know, game six, you know, going into game six, like the Hawks were never out. And despite all the injuries, yeah. all the bullshit that happened, we'll get into it. But there's one thing I have to say about the Hawks is, yes, like you said, very deep team. I mean, when your 10th best player is like between Gallinari and a Kongwu and like Herder, like yeah. damn good team. <laughs> team is damn yeah. good. And there's one one piece in particular who really shined in the Cox Files. That's Cam <laughs> fucking Reddish. Lamborghini Reddish, man. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, to be able to do what he did after being out with an injury for four months to be able to come in in the eastern conference finals to give chris middleton a hard time to give drew holiday a hard time and while being that that solid offensively it was huge it's insane he's going to be a star like he has star written all over him he he has all the tools you would ever want from a player he has shot creation he can shoot the ball he can play defense it's just like with the Hawks, like I remember he made a comment, it feels good to finally have a coach that's behind you. And I don't know if he had that at Duke. I don't know if he had that with Lloyd Pierce. But with Nate McMillan, I feel like he finally has a chance to put all all the tools together and to become a star, a superstar player. I'd go as far as like he has top ten potential. Like I I would say I would say he has best player in the league potential, but you know, I don't want to be too biased. But I do believe that he can do that. Oh, you know, man. I mean, look, they say he's six ten, bro. I mean, they say he's six eight, but he looks six ten to me. He got taller since he came into the league, and he, bro, he just looks so poised. Like I remember they camped to they they panned to his face during game six while the Hawks were just getting facing a barrage with with uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday just hitting everything. Like they did not miss in that third quarter. And Cam was just coming right back down on the other end, hitting three after three after three while playing good defense. And I, th- I think he can be a superstar. Going back to high school, Cam was always one of the most talented players in his class. Mm-hmm. And um, like if you ask, if you ask the people who he went, who were in his class, they will tell you. <laughs> I remember before the draft, they were saying, oh, yeah, Cam Reddish is the best. He's going to have the brightest future out of this class. Yeah, like I mean, he's he's just always had that potential. But at Duke, I've got a friend who's probably listening to this who is a Duke fan. You know, he tells me about how Cam Reddish was just so terrible on defense. He was a very inconsistent shooter, and he was supposed to be the best mm-hmm. shooter in, on the team. And yeah, just his draft stock fell, and the Hawks got very fortunate to snag him at nine. I think even after that bad year at Duke, 
Um, he still should have went higher. I'm mad the Pelicans didn't take him, yeah. even though we didn't really need him. It's just he was a damn good yeah. player, and he's always had the tools. He's always had. And I, I feel like Duke was a bad place for him too, just to be behind Zion and RJ. Sure. I feel like he should have went to a place where he could be the guy. And yeah. like you know how I have this whole gripe with college basketball. We're not going to get into it. How they're just forced to play in a system instead of like playing around your star. But you know it is what it is. And like he, I'm glad he finally has an opportunity where he doesn't have the pressure on him to be a superstar player. And he can play like he can wait for his offense to come to him. I feel like Atlanta is such a good place for him, and I want to keep him no matter what. Here's, I don't want to say he's untouchable, but like he he's close to it. Here's what I love. What I saw about him in the postseason is that Cam's got. I mean, when you talk about like his some of his gifts and his talents that he already has, he's. I mean, you know, six eight between six eight and six ten, somewhere in that range. He's long. He's really athletic. He's an elite, elite, elite perimeter defender, and mm-hmm. he's still got some things to fix up on 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 defense. He plays, you know, he played Chris Middleton really high and aggressive, and Chris Middleton being as good as he was, you know, didn't get the best of him at times. But he made it very difficult on him, and he's only yeah. going to get better. He's only what 21, 22 years old. He's going to get better. He's twenty one. That's insane. Yeah. He's he's a good three point shooter. He's got some shot creation uh, in his game, and it's only going to get better. It's like, he's oh, no man, once he the bro, once his bag gets deeper, bro, trust me, he's going to be next up. What I saw is that this guy is not a project player anymore. This guy is a good player, going to be a great player. Yep. And yep. It, oh man, it's like. You know, going into the going into his rookie season, it was like, well, this is a high risk, high reward pick, and it's like he's either gonna put it all together or he's just not. He's not gonna be good. It looks like he's already he's already putting it together, and he's only gonna get yep. better. I feel like we're we're seeing we're seeing the the birth of a new star in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's like when he came back, I was worried that the that the injury had like pushed him back even further, and I was thinking like. When he comes back, he's not gonna know the defensive rotations. He's not gonna be able to hit shots. I was wrong. Like he, he, he was huge. And I feel like, I feel like to be able to be blessed to play with a playmaker like Trey, I feel like he's gonna be a great player. You know, Cam Reddish um, played his first game back after an Achilles injury. It wasn't a torn Achilles, mm-hmm. but it was still an Achilles injury nonetheless. He played his first game. Yeah in the conference finals and that was his first game with nate mcmillan yep he when he got hurt lloyd pierce was still the coach to be able to come back off of four months rest under a brand new coach and to do what he did it's crazy like he had that 12 point game in what was it game four game yeah. four game five like but <laughs> It just felt like more, bruh. Like, those buckets like, count. It's hard to explain, right? Cam Reddish's buckets count more. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I won't be one of them, but, like, he, he makes impact baskets, and impact baskets do matter. I see... I see... Yeah. I see so much, like... So much of, like, what makes a great forward in today's league, I see yeah. so much of it in Reddish. Like, and again, like, like we're going to see next I year see- how good he already is especially yeah. defensively but like mm-hmm. he's got a lot of potential offensively and that's going to continue to grow every year for next season i'm expecting like 
I don't know, somewhere between like 15 to 18 points a night. I don't want to be too... Because I'm expecting Hunter to take the lead next season too. I'm expecting like 20, 22 you know what's, what's, what's going to be a big factor uh, in not only Reddish's development, but the development of the entire team is like what they do with all this death. Because, I mean, it's no secret. Yeah. The Hawks are not good enough to win it all right now, and they need to exchange death for talent. This, this was an, ex, you know, this <laughs> is a crazy year, and they could have probably made a real good push this year if Hunter was healthy and Trey was healthy, but it's, it's going to be tougher next year. Like, you've got Brooklyn to worry about you've got yeah I mean, you're still gonna have milwaukee to worry about like it's going to be harder the, the east got deeper this year and yeah you know it, it was it's good that the hawks were able to muster like up the experience fifth is huge yeah it was good that the hawks were able to muster up a fifth seed because it was not easy the east is very deep but it's like you know if they want to get to the top top they're gonna need to improve the roster and you know if it for sure if if it means getting a player like I don't know Bradley Beal, you you may have to ship I off. Beal. You may have to ship off I, Reddish because see the thing is I don't know because I don't I think we get Beal without shipping off Reddish. I don't know about a Carl Anthony Towns, but I feel like we could get a Beal. Either way, like, I think the sentiment that if you have to get yeah. if you have to give up Reddish in order to get a guy who's very very good now. You do it, even though Reddish could be better in the future. Yeah, you want to fit the timeline. Like the Hawks are no longer the young Hawks. Like they're a very good team now, and they want to yeah. get to the top, top. Time to cash in. They're no longer a fun and exciting team to watch that loses. They're yeah. a great basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of moving on. I wanted to talk about Trey in particular, and like. I feel like game one, everybody who had been watching the finals knew that Trey Young was having a great run. But game one, he reached he reached the masses, and I feel like now like everybody knows yeah. the superstar Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't hate him as much anymore either. Which I was, never understood yeah, he, Trey hate. He won over so many people. I, like I. I think he's a top 10 player on the planet, obviously. If, if you listen to me, you know how I feel, how highly I feel about Trey Young. And for fans, to, for me to see other people calling him a superstar as well, because I saw him do this last year too. I saw him average 30 and 10 last year, and I called him, hey, that's a star player. That's a top 10, that's a top 10, top 15 player in the world right now. And people were like, oh yeah, he should win games. Like he didn't have Alex Len and DeAndre Bembry playing big, min- big minutes and like, for him to be able to reach so many people now, like that was huge. After all the after all the bullshit this year, not being an all-star, all the Steve Nash stuff, the foul painting, just to be able to reach 48 and 11 in the biggest game of his life. Like, it was crazy. In in the Milwaukee Bucks arena. You've just gotta like, be I, I, he sent a message. You've just gotta be a fucking loser not to respect Trey Young's ability to just like remain calm under times of pressure yeah there's there's really no other way around it like you've just got to respect it at least tip okay. your cap to it like i've never seen a player in my life this young be able to do be that poised like when you're the absolute clear best guy on your team like you're so far ahead of everyone else like to be that guy on your team 
at this age with all all the poise in the world like lobbying the smallest guy on the floor he's special he's so special yeah and I, game one correct me if i'm wrong that was a game he had like 48 and 11 yeah his shooting in particular he was like what 17 of 34 36 something like that yeah 17 of 34 i remember he had like a lot of makes because he was getting just getting that floater off whenever he wanted yeah it was like that he's got a diverse game and i don't think you know people are starting to catch on but like he's not he's not steph curry he's not a three-point shooter he's he's very he goes he he gets into the lane first that's his first option because the league just collectively decided to take away the three-point part of his game and he was like okay i'll just master the pick and roll to a degree which no 22 year old has ever done before like he's like prime chris paul when it comes to playmaking i think he's the best play, playmaker in the league he's obviously top five it's like if he's eight, not but... one and i don't think there's anybody that can argue that yeah yeah so i mean the hawks they gave a great push to the first two games but you know there was the trey injury there was the honest injury and then we had game five <laughs> the game was so fake man i feel like the winner of that game was gonna win the series and the Bucks ended up winning it with a huge Bobby Portis fake game and a Brooke Lopez game too. And nobody could stand in front of Drew Holiday. And that was the theme for the whole series, not just that game. For them to be able to do that. And, you know, it was just doomed when Lopez scores 33. Like, so there's like you can Bobby do Portis having his little, you know, random role player spark contributions like, okay, whatever. With all due respect to Bert Lopez, who I believe was an all-star 10 years ago, yeah. he's never been bad, like, at all. Like, he's always been <laughs> capable of scoring, but, you know, the league's just changed, and he's adapted his game to be more of a off-ball yeah. player. Brooke Lopez has always been good, but for Brooke Lopez to not only have 33 points on 14 makes and four misses, but to be playing above the rim like Orlando Magic Dwight Howard... like. He wasn't making, it wasn't a small 33. He was making 33 with a lot of impact baskets to stop Hawks runs with those huge dunks above the rim. Getting above it, John Collins and yeah. Capella, like, are you kidding me? That yeah, I, I, like, I wanted John Collins and Capella gone. Like, I didn't want them to get a ride back to Atlanta. I wanted to leave them there. <laughs> like, you, you don't understand how upset I was to see John Collins and Clip Capella, like, looking at lopez sky above them for rebounds i was pissed a seven foot one seven foot two 300 pound center getting up on you is just are you you kidding me like oh man that was very you know it's just kind of embodies these playoffs about how random it's been and how yeah it's tough unorthodox just it's I mean, I like it because it's new, but it's like, God, I don't want to see this again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Like with the injuries? Yeah. Like I'd rather it to be, I'd rather there be natural parity than injuries. Yeah, that, that's never good. Nobody wants to see that. Every, You know, it's, we want to see the best players play. And more importantly, we want to see the best teams win. And, you yeah. know, we were kind of robbed of a true victor in the hawks Buck series because... Well, Trey got. I, I believe. I believe Trey. If Trey played, the Hawks would have won this series. If Trey was healthy, because even in Game Six, it wasn't really like he played. He looked like forty percent. Like he he was not. He was clearly not ready to come back. And I truly appreciate him for 
giving it all he had and even at the end of the game when he was going to try to win us the game like he he left everything he had on the floor and it just wasn't enough like he he was obviously hurt and Giannis wasn't even able to play and it's insane because Giannis might play tonight yeah and like (laughs) Um, yeah you know I I I still feel like if Trey and Giannis played the Bucks would have pulled it out somehow they're 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 a championship team championship caliber team the hawks are very new to this and i feel like that would have gotten the best of them probably in seven games but either way you know trey was clearly 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 not 100 percent, and i don't even think they should have played him in that in that game since like the it it was to the point where it was like dangerous to have him out there and you know the bucks knew they had the luxury of sitting Giannis because they their backs were not against the wall as the hawks were you know they that's why a game winning game five was so important yeah that was that was very important to them and you know man Giannis's injury okay so when i saw it my heart you know damn near dropped to my stomach because it's like oh like this this is bad like th- this might fuck up Giannis's career like permanently yeah like that was a very nasty looking injury it looked really bad. Then, I thought he was out for the year at least. Then you had the reports that the Bucks feared it was a severe ACL injury. So it's like, okay, so he definitely tore his ACL. What else did he do? Like, did he tear anything else in his knee? Because if so, like, we may never see Giannis, like, be this good again. Oh, then the reports, oh, there's no ligament damage. He's fine. Oh, and he actually <laughs> might come back this series. I'm like, what? Are you, yeah, he's a Are you nature. fucking kidding me? Ugh. That guy is a freak of nature. That to to have the durability to God, he's gonna he might play tonight. <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. When was he man. hurt? Like a week ago? Um, yeah, it was about a week ago. Yeah, about a, about a week ago he got hurt. What game four? Yeah. Jesus, man, and he he might play tonight. And you know, even if he doesn't play tonight, like. He'll I come feel back like the fact that he's sure. gonna play the next few, you know, maybe it's up to six games. Like he's gonna play most of the series. Like we're gonna be able to tell who wins this series. Giannis is going to play enough of this series to determine that. That's crazy. Um, I feel like they should rest him the first two at least. Like I don't, I don't want to see him unless he's like eighty or ninety percent. Oh yeah, for sure. Wait, maybe I, he I is. Like, I feel like the yeah, that's the thing. Like I feel like the Bucks would be be very cautious playing him right now because there's risk for re-injury yeah yeah um you know the, the bucks without Giannis though man they looked really good chris middleton stepped Ooh. up a lot drew holiday stepped up a lot especially middleton yeah. he was he was amazing uh, it's I'm like they smell blood with trey being out but, yeah you know, I, I, that's, that's what that's what veteran players do yeah, that's part of it. And I mean, Drew and Chris, they're... It's like, they're we didn't up. have a guy. We didn't have... Like, we have a bunch of talent on the Hawks roster, but we don't have guys that are, like, veteran players. Obviously, they were the two best players on the floor. Even when Trey came back in Game 6, they were the two best players on the floor. You know, not and, not to disrespect Lou Williams or anything, but it's like, you know, it's Lou Williams, that leader scoring presence versus two all-star caliber players. Well, one, who's kind of lower down that list. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, you lied. You lied about Drew. No, 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 not really. Because it wasn't really hard for Lou when he was guarded by, like, 
Bogdanovich on one leg or Lou Williams or or uh, Trey Young on one leg. It, he had it pretty easy from what I saw, you know. And of course, when we when we switched Cam Reddish on him, he really wasn't doing anything. So I, he was just taking advantage of the situation where like there was no real defenders for him. Well, it looked to me like Drew Holiday was the best player on the floor for three straight games. Uh, no, Middleton was better than him. In what way? Like looking hideous? Uh, putting putting the basketball in the hoop. And then fake buckets don't count. Anyways, no, I you you definitely you definitely uh you definitely lied about Drew though, and you need. To, no, he's yeah. really not like that. He may have another good series again because Booker is Booker's a worse defender than Trey Young. Booker's an awful defender, and Chris Paul's 36. He used to be a good defender, but I don't think he can guard Holiday right now. Um, he may have another good series, but he's really not that good. He's very Tobias Harris-esque. Um, Tobias Harris is yeah. the lead defense, but okay. Tobias Harris already... No, uh, what? Never mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> stop, bro. Stop. Alright, right. we, we talked about this series enough. Let's go to the, let's go to the West. So... <laughs> Bro, this was this a- is the Suns have the fakest run. <laughs> like I don't be one of those guys, but I'm not like a respected analyst, so I can say this: this Suns run is very fake, bro. To face LeBron on one leg and no AD, to face no Jamal Murray, who was replaced by Campazo. That's how big of a drop off from Murray to Campazo. Like, come on, and to face the Clippers with no Kawhi. Come on now, the Suns are not the best team in the West. They may become that eventually. They're clearly not ready. They may win this title. Who knows? But I just wanted to let it. I just want to let it be known that hey, they're not that good. This is a fake run. Um, CP3, he's only good when his team's up ten. And uh, yeah, but go ahead though. <laughs> okay, here's what I'll say about the Suns. Up until the Western Conference Finals, the Suns took care of business. They looked like a damn good team. Um, yeah. Then games one through five happened, and they got outplayed in every game. Yeah, the they Clippers got were the first team. Well, I think there was I've one. ever seen. There was outplay a team. Was yeah, one. there may have been one game. Yeah, it was one but game. Like, I feel the like Clippers by a lot, but regardless. the Clippers outplayed the Suns pretty much every night. And during the games, they they went down like three <laughs> one. Like, like the Clippers, you could just tell that they were out of gas. And I don't want to hold that against the Clippers because. They obviously they didn't have Kawhi and they played like 17 games in 31 days or something crazy like I don't want to blame Paul George for game six even though like I have very valid reason to do so but like he just they were out of gas nah man like I haven't really thought about this until now but like I feel like the league needs to be afraid of the Clippers for next year like they got they got to a game six mm-hmm. against you know the Western Conference champions who were yeah. completely healthy by the way without yeah. Kawhi Leonard and you know and now you they have at, an elite 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 head coach instead of Doc Rivers so that should tell you like that team is here to stay Patrick Beverly was written off too Beverly's a good player like I watched, I watched Beverly lock up Booker for five games I'm, like, he was I'm, he was putting Booker in hell and Terrence Mann is a is a quality player Morris is a quality player they're deep like the Hawks, which is yeah. interesting. What you know, for them to, to get to Game Six and play as well as they did, 
yeah. is, is a testament to without them. Kawhi. But I left this series so disappointed, not only because they I feel like they outplayed Phoenix, but because Phoenix, they you know they they did a they they, beat, they outplayed LA. They did the, they handled their business against Denver. I mean they beat the shit out of them. But yeah, this series it showed me that the Suns are not good. They're not yeah. well. I mean. Clearly, they're good if they're in the finals. I'm talking about from a contender standpoint. As far as those elite teams, yeah. Yeah, like... Legitimate contenders. And it, it it's, it's a shame because I was like, oh, I like this team. You know, I'm rooting for this team. And, like, now I'm like, I just feel so... I feel like I'm, I'm missing out on so much of this team now. It's like, I saw every single flaw that this team had. Booker, very inconsistent in this series. Yeah, Booker gets that superstar treatment without actually being a superstar. You know, if Booker he doesn't not get gonna, the superstar slander either. If Booker's not going to build up leads for Chris Paul to manage in the second half, what is this team? What's yeah. going to happen when they go down ten at halftime? No, mm, who's going to bring them out of that? Out of that? You know, out not of that. Chris Paul. I'll tell you that. I can guarantee <laughs> you, Chris Paul. I'm will saying, not. man, like Booker just got—he's got to got to be better. He's got to be. Better. And, if Patrick Beverly just did that to Devin Booker, I want you to imagine what Drew Holiday will do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Booker's still like a top twenty, top fifteen ish player. But, oh yeah. I mean know. look look, one series is not gonna change how I feel about Devin Booker's future, but yeah. I just wanna make it known the Suns. He's not and Kobe. Devin Booker. <laughs> yeah, y'all could yeah. I don't think anybody with a goddamn brain thought that was ever the case but yeah it was a for it's a forced media narrative just like this chris paul being the anyways <laughs> <laughs> anyways chris paul is think... going to the to the finals how did you feel about game six here's what i thought about game six <laughs> so i didn't watch a little bit of the third quarter so i i kind of started watching in the middle of this chris paul um barrage of points so yeah i left the game when booker uh had 14 on like six of nine booker was the one you know putting up all the points in the first half chris paul had like 10 yeah so i come back and of course the suns have like a 10 point lead and chris paul is just getting <laughs> shot after shot after shot and i'm like wow this this is this is front runner chris paul at his bro, absolute this is, best bro, i swear to god i swear to god like i've said it and my followers have called me on it and they've said like dude i caught on to it too once you pointed it out yeah chris paul really only scores when his team is up 10 i promise and of course that's an obvious that's a good skill to have to close out teams but like come on bro come uh, on bro like uh, when that's all you do like really i want to say and like I want to say Chris Paul was going into the fourth like 24 or 26 points and he had like most of not most of his points but the largest portion of his points in the fourth quarter when the team was up like 20 like okay sure yeah cool. have your little 40 yeah. 40 point game. I was like what is career high is great yeah. is greatest performance ever to get him into the finals and you know the bulk of it was like when the team was hardest time I don't want to like okay look credit to Chris Paul like he's been through fucking so much and he's been so unlucky but it's i'm just tired of i'm tired of this disgusting narrative that chris paul is just chris paul is carrying the young sons all the way to the finals like no he's he's a leader i respect that i respect the hell out of chris paul for for bringing the best out of this team but from a basketball standpoint chris paul is just a good player 
He's yeah. not a top 10 player. He's a good player. And I don't want to... Is he a top 50 player? Because <laughs> he's not a top 10... Because he's not a top 10 point guard, though. So. Oh, man. We're... Is he... Hey... We're gonna we're gonna have to do player rankings like after the finals, and we'll 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 come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, though, like okay, Chris Paul, here is your chance. I'll 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 eat my fucking words if you win this series with no injuries, because the Bucks, when healthy, they're a good team. They're a title caliber team. If you actually beat this team, along with beating yeah. the sort of healthy Lakers, you know, AD didn't play few games no they really weren't healthy bro because lebron wasn't healthy <laughs> like he he wasn't he wasn't as good as he was if Chris like, Paul... i know i know lebron's older now but like lebron's better than what he did in that series like yeah yeah clearly but chris paul wins this series i'll shut up but yeah i don't think the suns are going to win this series i think it is milwaukee series to lose so let's talk yeah, about it, it. Okay, so my prediction is if Giannis is like, it's so many variables because of the injury. Like, this series hinges on Giannis playing, obviously. So if Giannis is like 80 80-ish percent, 80 to 90%, I got bucks and six. If Giannis is less than that, maybe the Suns pull it out in like six or seven. Here's what I have to say about Giannis's injury. I do not think they play him unless he's at least 80-90%. And here's why. Because you have to factor in the fact that he's not just going to play tonight. He's going to play the next six or seven or five games yeah. or however long. So he needs to be ready for that as well. He needs to be ready for a workload, not just one night. So I feel like they're not going to bring yeah. him back until he's he's ready. Yeah. So that being sure. said, uh, if Giannis is 80% tonight and he continues to get better as the series progresses... I have the Bucks in six. If Giannis does not play tonight, I have the Bucks in seven. The reason I think it is the Bucks series to lose, lose is because you know. Oh, already... tonight though. As far as tonight, I got Phoenix. Like, Phoenix is for at home, one right? game. Yeah, yeah, I got Phoenix. Sure, Phoenix. In, yeah, but I feel like it is like, the Bucks series. Of how healthy Giannis is. I feel like it is the Bucks series to lose because Booker's going to be in hell. Team. Booker's going to be in oh, hell yeah. one. Number two, the Suns do not have the bodies to stop Giannis at, that Atlanta does. Mm-hmm. There is nobody on the floor, nobody on the floor that Booker can pick on. Maybe when Connaughton or Forbes, Forbes comes in. Yeah, sure. But nobody on the floor. Have your 10 minutes at Brid Forbes, and I'm sure Chris Paul will, will eat. Oh, yeah, Forbes he'll up. enjoy that. Yeah, he'll enjoy that. But <laughs> the Suns showed so many weakness against the Clippers. Without yeah. Kawhi on the floor, I'm like, yeah, th- this team is so like vulnerable. It's it's crazy, and it starts at the top. It starts with Booker and Chris Paul. They're they're not that they're, good. They're just inconsistent and just not as good when it comes to the elite of the elite. Sorry, you don't is, have a top ten. Yeah, Giannis is leagues better. Like Giannis is the best player in the series by a mile, and I feel like Trey would have been as well. But it's neither here nor there. But yeah, Giannis is. <laughs> clear head and shoulders above booker and chris paul like easily where does drew holiday stack up what, what where does drew he holiday is, as far as i'm concerned as much as i hate on drew holiday he's better than chris paul bro i don't care as and far chris as Middleton's basketball is concerned i mean look 
Yeah, as far as like purely on the basketball court, he's better than Chris Paul. So is Chris Middleton. I think Middleton is definitely better. Drew, I would say as far again, just basketball. I'm not talking about Chris Paul's either, impact. I'm talking it's about Holiday's better or their level. Yeah, I'm talking about what goes on in the 48 minutes. I would say Holiday's better. Yeah, but by, by it's who would I rather have on my team? Maybe who would Chris I rather Paul. have on my team, Chris Paul? Who would I rather Drew? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that's a whole different yeah. conversation. It's just Chris like Paul's impact yeah. does not. It's a lot less of what goes on in the 48 minutes. It's like a culture. It's it's leading your it's team to play, do the it's right It's your team. It's getting better. Preparation is making your part team. Of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, from the Bucks side of things, they're not perfect either. But like Drew and Chris moved me a lot in that Atlanta series. Like, okay, they showed me. If Giannis isn't going to step up, they're reliable. Yeah. They're very reliable. Like yeah. they're they're not. See, I don't I don't think um, of Drew and Chris the way I think of like Tobias Harris. Like Drew and Chris are better. They yeah. are they're they're reliable when you need them to be, and they will give a lot of effort on defense. Especially Drew. I mean, Drew's yeah. notorious for Middleton's a good defender too. M- Middleton is no slouch either. You know, man. <laughs> <laughs> when Budenholzer whipped out that five out lineup with oh yeah with Giannis as the center that bro, was that, a death dude <laughs> yo like I don't know how you score on that the Hawks Trey Young the way Trey scored on it was free throws bro like I don't know how you score on that lineup but hey if they if they can bust that out with Giannis being healthy bro they're in trouble if pat Connaughton is the worst player in that lineup imagine like he he plays well oh that's going oh man that, that's a scary lineup because there's no weakness like it's not really a five out small ball lineup like Giannis is still like Giannis the biggest is not player. small bro like. <laughs> Giannis is still gonna be the biggest player on the floor basically you know eight and whatever you know he can offset that he can guard eight but yeah oh you he can guard eight so you got drew Chris, Connaughton, Tucker, Giannis. And imagine if DiVincenzo was healthy and you replaced Connaughton with DiVincenzo. That, there's no weakness yeah, in that lineup. Yeah, they should run that next season. Oh, my God. Every like, game. Defensively, who are you going to pick on? Middleton? Yeah. That, that's your... Like, that's your that's, yeah, good luck like, If, good luck if your best option is, is scoring on Chris Middleton, I got bad news, bro. Like, the Bucks are really good. I think it's a Bucks series lose. They're just more talented. They have less weaknesses. Suns are so, they're so inconsistent, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, you gave your prediction. I gave mine. I feel like we wrapped the series enough. Let's talk about the NBA draft lottery. I mean, I wasn't really focused on it, you know, seeing, I don't know, my team, like, I don't really pay, pay attention to the poverty teams. You know. Really, so. <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't yeah. be this big of a deal if the Pistons <laughs> didn't get the number one pick. You're like, come on, bro. They got to take the pick. They got to redo it or something, bro. Like, come on. Oh, we talking about Detroit? Like, bro, I'd stay, I'd stay back for another year before I go live in Detroit. There's such a <laughs> massive gap between Detroit and all the other, like, bad teams. Like, okay, Cleveland's got the third pick. They've still got Sexton, Garland, Jared Allen. Like, they they yeah. were pretty good before Jared Allen got hurt. Like, in the bro, they the have Sadiq Bay. <laughs> like, okay, dude. <laughs> Jeremy Grant. Oh, 
I'm like, all right, bro, whatever. And then, you know, Houston was was good for the same stretch that Cleveland was. Then the injury, nah, then the 20-game really. losing. Then the 20... Okay, dude. <laughs> the 20-game losing streak. But at least, at least Houston's got an already, like, good young player in KPJ and Ooh. Christian Wood. Who? Kevin Porter Jr. Them? Houston. Are you sure? You said a good player. Okay, dude. Who, who do you want your, your Rockets to draft? Oh, okay. I got to talk about this because this wasn't as big of a deal when I was, you know, like, you know, thinking of stuff to talk about this podcast, but it's become a big deal very lately. Rockets fans are so fucking upset at each other about what to do with this pick. Bruh, it does not matter. We're not getting Cade. It is not going to impact the franchise that much. Like, y'all... <laughs> Y'all are obsessing over this. Like, just calm down. Like, y'all are getting so angry over players who y'all did not know three weeks ago. Y'all were not Uh, watching Jalen Green in the G League, and y'all were not (laughs) watching Mobley at USC. Stop acting so fucking pretentious about it, bro. Like, I promise you, it's going to be okay. Uh, See, I wouldn't want to get Mobley if I were y'all, though. I think, personally, we should take Jalen Green because we have christian wood on the team and we have him for so cheap he's giving us he's giving the rockets 20 and 10 on 13 million dollars a year that is nothing we do not need mobley in the front court jalen green i think i should take cam thomas i don't know much about cam thomas honestly can you i saw i saw the rashad phillips tweet about it and he said he's the best scorer in the draft so (laughs) he he calls himself the draft Hey, but no, in all seriousness, no, the, uh, I'd go Jalen Green. Yeah, I mean, I've watched, I watched Green in high school, and like he just kind of looks like a, um, yeah. you know, a, a Mitchell Levine archetype. You know, just score inside it out, really athletic, six foot six. Yeah. He fits the mold. Would he clash like, with KPJ? Uh, I would say no, and I think a lot of Rockets fans are saying yes because like, oh, well, KPJ is a shooting guard. Well, not really. KPJ is more of a distributor than he is a scorer. And I feel like Green can play off ball and he can play alongside KPJ, and I feel like they'd be a very good backcourt. And plus, you yeah, you like, could do that. Yeah, yeah. That's I like that. That's my philosophy. Is like I think KPJ is more of like a a, a distributor, and you know, get rid of John Wall. Like fuck John Wall. Who cares? He's gonna be gone anyway. So. He can be the Hawks' backup point guard. <laughs> yeah, he, he can go up play for the, the Knicks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get, get the fuck out of here. I saw Knicks fans, like, clamoring for John Wall. Like, okay, dude. Yeah, that's very nasty. All right. I promise Derrick Rose, John Wall are the same player right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, you know, you get green, and you've already got, a, like, a good role man for them to grow with. 25 years old giving you 20 like he can he can it'd be a good basketball fit you know the Rockets still have a shit ton of work to do and a lot of roster holes to fill and I hope in free agency they'll fix the rest of the team because the team won't they won't be this bad next year they'll probably win 25 30 games at least they won't they won't be the the punching bag of the NBA for much longer yeah that's where I see I think most importantly though like Rockets fans just shut the fuck up like please y'all look so stupid arguing about two players y'all don't know shit about like i know y'all were not y'all were not watching Jalen green and mobley at all like y'all can stop talking about the hawks pick bro oh wait it's not the lottery it's not in the lottery my bad we picked number 20 oh okay we picked 20 i want us to get trey man 
because we do need a backup point guard and he can score off the dribble but i mean it's not like this pick would be much use to us like this is a trade it's a trade piece as far as y'all concerned yeah i want us to trade it but if we do draft somebody i want Trey man the pelicans do have the 10th pick i don't know what the fuck they should do with that pick but i do think they should trade it bro they need to build around ingram and zion that's good enough to make the playoffs like yeah they have all the talent they need <laughs> like just they just need a little yeah they just need a, another but, like they just yeah. don't have the right pieces and i know we we sound like a broken record talking about it it's like they yeah. have they have the that's the value that's one thing about the hawks bro the hawks obviously never drafted the best player available but they drafted the best team fit like hunter was not the best player available at number four in that draft but when you draft a guy like that and he fits the team, they fit what you're looking for. That's so important. The Pelicans, what they did, they just had, hey, let me throw, let me throw Steven Adams on this team with ha, strong with, front uh, court. Ah, yeah, strong, like, strong, get the fuck out. Like of here. they don't fit, bro. Like fit matters so much. Do you know how much it would mean for the team if you swapped Bledsoe and Adams and gave us like, oh, I don't know, Luke Kennard and some fucking random stretch big. Yeah. Like, do you know how much that would improve the team just because those two fuck up the offense so badly? Yeah. And Bledsoe's not good on defense anymore. I think, man, David Griffin, the, the please, it's right there. Like, we're we're right there. And I know it's Pelicans I know the can West so is tough. easily be a playoff team, man. So easily. Like, they have all the pieces they need. They have so many picks. Like just trade them. Get a get a good player. Dude, they can get Bradley Beal if they want. I, I want the Hawks to get Beal. But the Pelicans can get Beal so easily. The Pelicans are right there. Like I, I see the Pelicans maybe not being as good as the Hawks were this year, but I see oh, no, the Pelicans. They don't have a guy like Trey. Okay, dude. Zion's mentally weak and Ingram's bisexual. Okay, Ingram is bisexual, but at least you could have said like Zion is fat or something. Like, come on, dude. You see his messages to white women, bro? Like, come on, bro. He doesn't. Takes. I don't know. I think that should. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <Okay. laughs> I have a nasty topic written on here. It's we never talked about the Kemba Walker. Bro, we not talking about this, bro. Dude, bro, I swear I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> How is <laughs> this? Like, bro, I swear to God, this is one of the first trades I've ever seen both teams get worse, bro. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, that is so funny, bro. Like, what, what do you think Kemba leads the Thunder? <laughs> no, I could, like, come on, bro. Like, be real. It is <laughs> funny, though. Is... It is funny, though, that like Kemba's just being like sent to hell. No, like, he deserves it for sure. Oh, yeah, but like, I he, saw he smiles when the team loses. <laughs> Fuck him. I saw Thunder, I saw his Celtics fans excited about Horford. I'm like, okay, dude. I, like, bro, I swear I want a fan base that delusional, bro. And I know I, I rag on Celtics fans every every single episode, but, like, come on, bro. They're celebrating Al Horford. Are you serious? Oh, man. If there's one thing that I, I can say, like, actually impacts the, the league at all with this trade is, like, the, the Celtics getting Moses Brown is actually good because their big man production was not good last year. Robert Williams was good. But like they they ship Tice, 
And Moses Brown was putting up some crazy stat lines last year. Like he had a bunch of a twenty. They don't count games. though, bro. But yeah. <laughs> Shit, you had a. Bro, you had he was making. Roby looking good. Bro, year. he was. Bro, he he made he made he got rebounds off of like. The reason he has so many rebounds because like they had like Shea Gilgis Alexander and Lou Dort shooting, bro. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, of, of course, there's a lot of rebounds to go around. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's better than what they had because the Celtics roster is awful, and I made that known. I'm very I'm scared. Noted. I'm very scared. I'm a very anti-Celtics and anti-Heat guy. But yeah, the Thunder. Why are you scared of the Thunder? What? Not not for next year. I'm talking about three years, two years down the line. Like, but yeah, Shay have... Shay is like that. Shay is no, like that. They dra- They got Shay thinking he'd be like you know like a a a, a cool little piece to like. Yeah, he's no, a star. No, he's the he's the guy on the Thunder. Like he will be the best player on the Thunder when they get to contention. Like he's that he's like, good. He has. He's like what D'Angelo Russell should have been. Oh, D- oh man! Imagine if, if he's just like cared. Bro, if D'Lo wasn't so focused on fashion, bro, and like this, he'd be Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's just so he's too drippy and like feminine to be good at basketball. Like, no, I, I get it, bro. I get it, bro. That's the. Good. That's how I'd be if I was the NBA talent, bro. Did you see Ben Simmons' house, bro? No. Did you see his house in California? It's this insane 17 million house, and he's like with Maya Jama, bro. Like, I wouldn't care about basketball either, bro. These type of players I rock with, type of players I want on my team, just a bunch of guys that don't care. <laughs> but like, how many, yeah. how many, uh, how many games does, does your team win? Like, <laughs> okay, so give me my team. I'll give you my team right now. So you got D'Angelo Russell. You got Jordan Clarkson. You got <laughs> you got what's his name? Oubre. Uh, Kelly Oubre. Then you got Ben Simmons. <laughs> and as the big, no, he's our newest addition, bro. Because I saw his house. I saw his house and his girlfriend. I was like, yeah, he belongs on the team. And then you got um, John Collins, bro, as the five, stretch five. What about bro, that team's winning? <laughs> what about Jackson Hayes? Bro. He's on the bench, right? He's up and coming right okay, now. Okay, that's very it's, it's just all my team cares about is photo shoots, bro. That's all I care about. We don't do practices. We just do photo shoots. Did you see D'Angelo Russell's Ohio State photo shoot? You telling me that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. hard? <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he knows he's wrong for that, bro. But no, nah, my team's winning at least like 18 to 20 games. Oh, man. Like, the- <laughs> It's so much talent on that team too, which is crazy. They just, imagine if they just like cared. <laughs> if, all right, so right now they win eight. To, let's say, imagine they cared. How many games do they win? Fifty. Okay, so like D'Lo would be an all-star point guard. Ben Simmons sure. would be like top fifty. Top five, Ben. Yeah. Top five, dude. Okay, top yeah, five. We'll, we'll like, get, top five. He'd be the best player on the team. So there's that. For sure. D'Lo's your all-star John sidekick. John, John Collins yeah. would be an all-star. Okay, so this team's making the playoffs, like, for sure. For sure, easily. 50, yeah, I say 50 games. 50 games in an 82-game <laughs> season, yeah. <laughs> but, right, but right now, hell. <laughs> that, team, that team might be worse than the Pistons. Bro, it's so funny to see a team, like... I'm, and thinking about a team, my team, one, had to be drippy, and two, had to be very talented, but not, but not care. No, 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 like, we, yeah, we can't have any, like, Tatums or, you know, Levine's oh, no. on the team. Tatum, like, no, they, Tatum they, cares way too much about basketball. Yeah, like, that shit is, like, come on, that's corny, bruh. Like, 
we don't we don't we don't fuck with like trey right bro like come on bro he he be too excited to take the big shot in the big moment bro that shit lame as fuck K KPJ, like, he's just losing, like, throwing soup cans in the locker room. Like, he belongs. Wait, what? He threw soup cans in the locker room, bro? <laughs> no, I think that, there was some wild locker room Damn, about bro. why he got, uh, he got kicked. They basically, you know, fucking kicked him off the team. It's because, like, <laughs> no, this story's so funny, bro. So, he realized that, I think, Torian Prince, they gave Torian Prince his Torian locker. Prince, bro? They gave Torian no Prince his locker, and he got mad, and he, like, I think he threw a that's, soup can or something. That's so light skin of him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he, I might have to put KPG on them because I thought it was something basketball re related. But since it's not yet, he can be on the team because he was worried about moving all his clothes on the no, Dior. They, they always say Balenciaga from the locker, bro. Them Balenciagas are heavy, bro. They right. always said KPJ had character issues, but that story is fucking hilarious, bro, because he's not at all like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> bro, how come I never heard about this? What the hell? I don't know. I wanna I wanna look up like <laughs> what exactly happened after the podcast. But yeah, we're <laughs> we're actually basically done. We wanted to make this episode yeah. shorter because you know yeah. the, we we didn't really one, we didn't really have too too much to talk about. You know, yeah. I know it is the finals, but you know, we broke down the series. We got, we got, we got, uh, we got what we needed. But yeah, let us know if y'all fuck with the shorter or the longer for sure, though, because we'll take that into consideration. You know how much we record and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's been real. Fifty-three minutes. Um, any last words? Right, so. Uh, all I'm saying is my team. If you put my team in like, because I feel like they care in a finals t type situation. You put them in front of the Golden State Warriors, talking about KD Warriors. I think we can give them a go, but um, they're beating yeah, the Suns. So, oh yeah, they for sure beat the Suns. Like we, we sweep the Suns. Like assuming they care. I get KPJ to like mess with David Booker. Like no, get it Kelly 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 Oubre would be our defensive ace, like our first <laughs> defense player if he cared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be it for for this uh, episode, y'all. We'll see y'all yeah, episode I'm a, four. Y'all we'll, take it we'll easy. Catch y'all later. <laughs> take it easy.